Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 47 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Scholes. I'm going to toss it off here across the screen to my good friend, as always, Nick Manella. What's going on, boys? How we doing? <laughs> uh, Sign of yeah. a long day. Yeah, exactly. It has been a long day for me, so uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to enjoy a few Molsons while we do this. Cheers. You know, I think Canada recently celebrated Thanksgiving, so, you know, happy Thanksgiving to Canada. How fucking backwards is it that you do Thanksgiving in, like, early or mid-October? That's just so weird to me, but hey, whatever. You make a damn good beer, so I'll take it. <laughs> now tossing it off to the other side of my screen, the right side of the screen, our producer, Mac Vogel. How we doing, buddy? What's going on, guys? Uh, just to follow, Another long follow day, suit there. Uh, Crispy. Crispy can't say right I've there. had a long day. I mean, honestly, I've I've had the day off today. I've just kind of sat around, done nothing. So, um, not sure if that one's warranted. But you know what? The World Series starts tonight, so that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I can't complain over here. Never can. Living life. Wait, can we can we talk about that for the sec for a second? That L. A. and Tampa potentially could win their second championship as cities this year. COVID uh, champs. The... Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Wherever Brady goes is whoever wins, apparently. So, like, if if Tampa wins the Stanley Cup, World Series, and the Super Bowl at home in one year, and doesn't have state tax, I might have to move. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, I might have to move. Mac, what's the vibe like out west? How are we feeling about it? Um, it's still pretty hot. What I what I totally did not understand when I uh, I was talking about the World Series. Oh. I thought she just meant like, how's it going over here? But you know what? Uh, everybody is real excited about the Dodgers. I feel like there's a big attitude of like, it's it's finally their year. It's honestly comparable to the Lightning, oddly enough, because they, we know yeah. they've been in the uh, the World Series, uh, what is it, three out of the last four years now and still haven't gotten it done. Yeah. So, But a lot of people seem to think it is their year. I love that clip of Tommy Lasorda just going, if the Dodgers don't win this, I'll kill myself. Yeah, <laughs> that was all-time clip. Freaking it's, it's incredible. All-time clip. I actually do uh, – I am rooting for Kershaw. Kind of comparable to Steven Stamkos in, uh, in a little bit of a way, you know, these these generational talents. I mean, I think obviously Kershaw would be held to do a – a higher standard if you were comparing the sports. He's a little, a lot better than Stamkos has been. But um, stars of the team and teams who have been stacked and haven't been able to get it done. So let's see if the Dodgers finally get it done. I think they're at minus 220 for the series, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's something like yeah, that. Yeah, and their last championship was 88, if I'm not mistaken. Was it really? Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was surprised. I actually had to look that one up. So they, they went in 17 and 18 but lost both times. So... Yeah, I, I agree with you, Harry. I'm rooting for Kershaw. How nuts is it that he was high school teammates with Matt Stafford? Could you imagine those two arms on the same like yeah, team? That's, that's insane. Yeah. That's a cheat code. Nuts. That's absurd. Um, I'll take Dodgers minus 220 for all those who are wondering. This is a gambling podcast after all. Got to put our money somewhere, especially since the Ravens failed to cover on a bullshit pass interference call on Marcus Peters in the last quarter. But you know what? I'm not going to get too upset about it. Life is good. Hockey's got some news, at least, for us to talk about, so I can't complain. Uh, in my opinion, the biggest news since we have last spoke, one that has pretty much been all over social media and has kind of uh, you know, brought the attention of players, coaches, managers, everybody, Doc Emmerich has officially retired from NBC, uh, the longtime NHL announcer who's pretty much been the voice of the league uh, much longer than since the 2005 lockout return, but to my memory, that's really when he kind of got the national broadcast attention, uh, mostly because NHL was on ESPN with Gary Thorne prior, but this guy's a legend. I mean, this is this is the voice of my childhood. This is kind of emotional for me. This is, like, if we're going to pick sports broadcasters to put in, like, the Mount Rushmore of, like, voices of a sport, I, I don't, I mean, maybe people who watch Hockey Night in Canada can say, um, you know, I, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but the guy that used to do Hockey Night in Canada every damn Saturday night. Doc Emmerich is hands down 
uh, the voice of the NHL for anyone in the United States. And I, I would just say anyone in North America. I mean, you know, with NBC doing the broadcast the way that they've done them for the last, like Harry, you said since the lockout, I mean, this guy is synonymous with the sport of hockey and definitely one of the best uh, broadcasters in the game. And I, I love all the old footage and the, the old clips of him, especially the ones when he had hair. Have not seen those before. Those were absolutely incredible. Uh, and just, you know, so glad I got to, you know, basically grow up with this guy calling games, uh, you know, hands down the goat. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Doc is an absolute living legend. Um, I feel like everyone would agree with this sentiment, but just over the last couple of years, especially, but also just growing up watching hockey all the time, there's a little more excitement behind a game when you know that it's like, you know, obviously I'm a Caps fan, but if I'm sitting down to watch my favorite team watch a caps game and i see oh you know we've got the wednesday night slot or whatever doc's calling our game like i would always just get more excited about that and that's no disrespect to the caps guys or or to any of the local guys for any teams but there's just something super hype about like oh hell yeah doc and eddie are calling my team's game tonight this is going to be a good one and it's been awesome too to see some of the players uh around the league chiming in on on social media i know uh Oshi had a pretty cool comment and i really like blake coleman's comment too of blake coleman's was awesome yeah that was so cool Mm -hmm. great tweet i think he said you know he has been the voice of him watching hockey since he was a kid and he it's like an honor for him to score the last goal that doc ever got the call exactly the last one which is wild um you know i don't know if nbc has announced who's going to replace him but nick i going back to your mount rushmore of announcers I was actually having this discussion today. And for me, personally, I think it has to be Doc is in there. Jim Nance is in there. Mike Breen is in there. Okay. And I I don't know who – I've struggled with the fourth. I'm Al not Michaels. totally – Yeah, I, I, I would I, – I feel like Collinsworth is the problem. <laughs> well, I hate – I mean, if I could I punch know. one person in the face, I think number two on my list would be Chris Collinsworth. Yeah, I, I, listen, Michaels is a legend. He's a classic. He's been there since day one. So I'm probably going to agree with you. It's just I feel like Sunday Night Football's kind of tainted it for me somewhat. But yeah, I you know as much as I hate Chris Collinsworth, I do enjoy the occasional Chris Collinsworth slide in. I think those are pretty slick. No, they are, and I also yeah. get entertainment out of the stupidity that he spits out on live television. So yeah, yeah. I'd probably guess I, I guess Michaels would probably be for. And honestly, talking about all those guys in comparison to a guy like Doc, I think what makes Doc so awesome and and what made his his game so special was just the true emotion that he was able to convey through calling the sport of hockey. And I think the perfect example is that clip. um, I think it was this year of the Bruins and Jackets uh, series as they're going through the handshake line. Um, and, and a lot of times he kind of would just be silent and let you listen to the the game a bit, but, but he simply said, uh, I sure do love this sport. And, and you can tell based on the way he calls the games, he's not trying to be flashy. He's not trying to be controversial or, or, you know, get clickbait or anything like that. He's just a true fan of the sport. Like we all are listening to him and, and that's what makes him so great. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts where I could pretty much, you know, suck him off for the next 40 minutes, but I will actually be uh, releasing a blog on the website that you guys should go check out. Uh, we'll be going to be hammering the blogs in the off season, especially since we're, you know, we always do one episode a week, but with things probably slowing down from here till hopefully January 1st, uh, definitely be checking out the website. You can follow our blogs. You can see the podcast on there. It gives you links to the merch shop. So go check that out at www dot empty dot com it's on the world wide web no excuses uh so yeah doc is officially retired i know edzo and his tweet pretty much put me in tears curious to see who they uh have him as their replacement so i hope ne- they don't just before we move on i hope it's not john forsland i uh, know no, pe- i hate it uh, i'm not a fan i know people some people really like john forsland calling games i don't really get no. the appeal. I don't think he's bad. Like I won't turn off a game if he's on it. I just don't think he should be their headliner, if that makes sense. And you know what? I think if you're NBC, I don't even know you have to pick one right off the hop. I think if you sort of just like rotate and see what the ratings look like, you know, and maybe go from that, you could see what you want to do. But 
Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think it's going to be interesting to see sort of who they go with as the replacement for that front man, because that's such a, you know, those are huge shoes to fill. Oh, they're enormous shoes. And as I, Forslund isn't great, but the worst would be Kenny Albert. I can't stand him. Uh, anytime he commentates, the Islanders end up beating the Pens in overtime somehow, some way. I swear to God. So um, I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of him either, but I will say that guy could call any damn sport. He's like so versatile. He does, yeah. He does football on Sundays. He does hockey. I mean, he's all over the place. So good for him. Yeah, no, I I think uh, one candidate that I would really like, and this is just speculation, and it probably won't happen, but Rosen for the Rangers. Big fan. <laughs> Big fan of Rosen. I you really remember like... my you remember my Sam Rosen impression. Just hold yeah. your nose and go go. It's three nothing Rangers. Yeah, they, I mean you're not you're not exactly wrong, but I'm a big fan of his. I think he does a great job, and he does other sports too. So he does. Uh, we will see what goes down. Should be fun. Uh, next topic, I'm going to let Nick take this because he did a lot more investigating than, on this than I did. Truth be told, so I'm going to toss it off to you, Nick. So there's been some rumors surrounding what the NHL's next season is going to look like. And in order to be in compliance with COVID and, you know, everything that we've been suffering through for the last seven or eight months now, uh, the NHL, one of the rumors that's been leaked is that the NHL could possibly realign divisions to eliminate travel and have teams play entire seasons just within that specific division. So one proposed idea is to realign the divisions into the following. The Western division would consist of San Jose, Los Angeles, Anaheim, Las Vegas, Arizona, Dallas, and Minnesota. The Northern division would consist of all the Canadian teams, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Toronto, Ottawa, and Montreal. The Southern division would consist of Florida, Tampa, Carolina, Nashville, St. Louis, Chicago, Columbus, and Detroit. And the Eastern division If you thought the Metro was bad, brace yourself for this. Buffalo, Boston, Pittsburgh, Philly, New Jersey, New York, New York, Washington. (laughs) That's a a fucking joke. How are you supposed to make the playoffs out of that division? Uh, uh, Buffalo has just got to be like, fuck me. Like, just as they're like, they stacked up, they're like, okay, we might have a chance here. They're like, oh, yeah, you're just throwing us in the Metro? Okay, great. Thanks. And it's it, like it's not even just that one. Like, look at the Southern Division. The last two Cup winners are in there with St. Louis and Tampa. Like, it's absolutely nuts. Yeah, that that, that I mean, I kind of don't hate this for the sake of conversation. Uh, it gives us something to talk about, so I'm always all for that. Do I hope that things can just go to normal? Yes, but wow, that Eastern Conference. Uh, f- I don't think Pittsburgh's making it out alive out of that one. Gotta be honest with you here. So. Uh, Interesting to see. If you had to say which one would be the hardest, I, I I feel like it would have to be the East. And I know that's kind of biased, but uh, <laughs> Philly, Pittsburgh, Rangers on the come up, Washington, and the uh, Bruins and the Islanders. I mean, that's basically you're putting Buffalo and New Jersey kind of on the side, but even Buffalo could make some noise. The Seriously. Western, I mean, the Western division is kind of a joke. Also, with San Jose, Vegas, Vegas yeah. and Dallas, yeah, basically, yeah. Vegas would sweep that thing. I mean, granted, Dallas is in there, but I still think Vegas would take that pretty easily. Also, you, I feel like you know Vegas why I hope gonna... this happens. Why? I, I hope this happens because I want to see Twitter react to all the Canadian teams being in the same division. That was, would be yeah. Sick, I was gonna honestly. say call it the call it the Canadian division, and then when the Leafs. Don't make the playoffs. I just want to be there to watch that happen. I oh, think that'll God. be incredible. That yeah, is, the Northern Division is all Canadian teams. That is a super yeah. sick concept, I will say that. Like, the yeah. rivalries yeah, that would spark it. out of that. Like, all of a sudden, you would have way more blood oh between, like, the, the Eastern and Western Canada teams. Like, typically, I feel like there's not nearly as much beef between teams like, you know, Ottawa and Vancouver or something like that, as much as there would be with, like, Calgary, Edmonton and Vancouver, but... It would definitely spark things. Or Winnipeg and anyone, because they're not close enough to anyone. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, don't hate, uh, I don't hate this realignment as much as I thought I did at first glance. When you kind of put it on paper, it looks pretty sick. So uh should be fun. There's a lot that's going to go down regarding this kind of stuff between now and Jan 1, so stay tuned. Nick, I'm going to give the next topic to you, too, because this is probably... You're you're definitely the expert on this, and as far as us three is concerned, this is what you live for, so I'll let you take it. 
Yeah, one of my favorite sporting events to watch, the World Juniors. Um, they released the schedule the other day. It's actually going to start on Christmas Day, which is pretty sick. Um, we're usually uh, stuck with watching some terrible, terrible basketball games on Christmas Day. And now instead of watching the Lakers win by 45 points, we'll be able to watch some hockey games, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, it's always a, you know, a family tradition. I think, you know, around my house, around Christmas time, the World Juniors comes on, you know, you put on pajamas and dump a bunch of whiskey in your coffee mug and, you know, sit there early in the morning. And maybe it's just me. And that's why I get yelled at. But uh, yeah, it's going to be played in Edmonton in a bubble with no fans, very similar to how the conference finals and the Stanley Cup final were done for the NHL. And that big headline United States versus Russia on Christmas Eve, or or is it uh, Christmas the tw- night, the twenty fifth? So, what time are you coming over? Because the last time the U.S. played Russia, you and I woke up at about six thirty in the morning and started deleting beer. And I actually had to go to work as a bartender at like four that afternoon. I got family and, members to listen to this podcast, dude. Come on. And no, well, yeah, so do I. And I'm gonna be, you know, a liar if I said I walked into door to work that day sober because I definitely did not. But I'm down. Uh, yeah, I that's mean that was so a hype though. USA Russia on Christmas night, like that is that's so exciting. Nine, I think it's nine thirty p.m. So wow. uh, I'm down, Nick. I mean, all the festivities should be over by then. I would imagine we can uh, do a little Cafe Rio action as well. Holy Whoa. shit! Wait, I, wait, we have time out. So I want to hear because Harry's like you know obsessed with Mexican food. So I want to hear your honest thoughts on this place, which is like. 10 minutes down the street from my house. So for those who are not caught up to speed, this place is called Cafe Rio, which apparently is a pretty popular chain after I explained how much I loved it to people. But I guess it's not a thing on the western side of Maryland. You got to go a little farther east. So um, yeah, Nick, when Nick and I recorded two episodes ago live, he was you know, starving afterwards and I had to go. And he said, go to Cafe Rio. It's like five minutes from my house. So I went down and I got – what did I – the sweet chili pork taco, one yep. steak and then two steaks, and you get like a side of beans and rice on it, but you don't even need that, I promise. And you get this what was the dressing? It's like just their like uh cilantro lime crema house dressing. It's oh my incredible. And well anything with cilantro, I'll suck it dry, so it don't matter. But <laughs> um the tortillas <laughs> on this at this place are absolutely phenomenal. And not to go like, you know, Chef Emerald on you, but they're kind of thick and fluffy. It almost reminds you of like a pita bread type almost. They crisp it perfectly. I don't want to say it's the best tacos I've ever had. There's one place near my office in White Marsh that I think is pretty damn good. But this is right up there as far as chains. You can't beat that. Absolutely obliterates Chipotle, though, but not even close. And it's sort of in like the same restaurant category as Chipotle, I would say. You know, you walk up to the counter, you tell them what you want, and then you pay, and you either eat there or take it away. So yeah, no, same same type of environment. But yeah, not not to go on a foodie off track uh, conversation, but yeah, that was top notch. Cafe Rio, if you haven't had it, I promise you, get uh, the sweet chili pork and two steaks. You will not be disappointed. For sure. Uh, what were we talking? Oh yeah, uh, Christmas night, USA Russia, <laughs> nine thirty. Yeah. Uh, tacos, beer, it's all there. So maybe we'll do a little live stream of us watching the game or something. So that would be that would be pretty fun. Hey, I'll probably be back yeah. east for the holidays too. So maybe we'll finally get a, oh, get a live. Oh, here we go. Do we, <laughs> we finally get all three of us live? That'd be a great, maybe. great that thing. Be sick. That would be a great thing to do it for too. Yeah. No, I wouldn't celebrate Christmas any other way. All right. Well said. So now we're going to move on to the league signings. Going to run through the names real quick. Not a whole lot on here, so bear with us. But the biggest one for certain is Joe Thornton has officially signed a one-year $700,000 contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, you put big, you put Jumbo Joe in a headline, and then you combine it with something in Toronto. You're basically just asking for a viral topic, so... Everybody was chiming in on this. All of a sudden, the Leafs are suddenly a Stanley Cup contender, and he's the veteran leadership that they've never had, and they're going to take it all the way. At least that's what Twitter will tell you. So what <laughs> do you buddy, guys think of this deal? His buddy Patrick Marlowe must have told him it was a good time up north there. Although Marlowe didn't seem to like it enough to stay, so <laughs> who knows. But it's kind of funny I- to me that two, like, two Sharks, Goats, end up signing like a one-year deal with toronto 
Yeah, I I mean, I was hearing that pe- the some guys in Toronto don't know specific names, but we're kind of calling Joe, and they're like, "Hey, come on, come on," you know. You, you, you I heard I heard Spezza was one of them. Yeah, no, and that would make sense since they've been in the league for probably almost the same amount of time at this point. I mean, and I, I love Jason Spezza and his game. I love game that and, guy too. You know how he's taking it. He's still doing it at the age that he's at. He's a he's one of the old timers, so I uh, I have a one lot of one of the last guys to use a two piece wooden stick too. Yeah, yeah, Legend. and people forget how dirty he was back in the day. Oh, but, so um, sick. Yeah, Big Joe's going to Toronto, and in the meantime, Thornton announced on Thursday that he was joining HC Davos of the Swiss National Hockey League, where he will play and prepare for the upcoming NHL season, which is targeted to begin January 1. In his first game overseas, he had an assist on the first goal in a 9-2 win against... Rappers will Jana. I hope I said that right. You got that, man. <laughs> Did I? That's I, the I mean, first as time far as I'm aware, I I know one team in the Swiss league, and it's the one that Thornton plays for. So that's about yeah. It. I mean, if I'm looking at it, it kind of looks like something that I can't pronounce. But I think I did pretty well on that. I've been known to butcher that shit. Oh, by the way, uh, big side note: he's playing for zero money. He literally, Which, you know what? As at, at his age. I don't think is a stupid move at all. I mean, think about it. Like you're in a, you're in Switzerland, one beautiful country. Uh, you speak four languages. So you're smart as hell and you get to go to your local hockey rink and watch NHL legend, first ballot hall of famer, Joe Thornton play. Does he speak four languages? No, but like if you live in Switzerland, oh, like they speak oh, four oh. Languages I was going to say, there. holy shit, Joe, <laughs> jumbo yeah. Joe. Damn. I think Joe speaks, one English. language yeah. Can- canadian and <laughs> hockey trash talk and that's about it yeah i was gonna say yeah. hold up is he like some kind of like but, whiz that i but like know about, but... i don't think so but i mean good for him i mean he's he's got the wizard beard but that's um true. good for him i mean he's, he stays over there he gets to stay in a beautiful country and you know get stays conditioned i think is the big thing for him so for sure and so i think the question we're all wondering is if the Leafs somehow, by the grace of God himself, win the Stanley Cup, what would be the bigger storyline? The Leafs finally winning or Jumbo Joe finally winning? Mac, I'll toss it off to you first. I think it's a, it's a good question. It's a really good question. But I think the bigger story would, would have to be the Leafs winning it. I think no doubt people yeah. would be like, Oh, and that's sick for Joe too. Like that's awesome. But it would definitely take a, a side side note to the Leafs just because I mean there's too many Leafs fans out there in general and yeah too many of them that no I agree with blow you up on Twitter and just like yeah it's know. been what 53 years since they won the cup I think it was 67 and the biggest market the and all the heartache yeah, that they, they've suffered I mean I mean you could say they're the Yankees of the NHL without they're the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL. Yeah, that's the, a much better way to put it. Thank you. They're the Dallas <laughs> Cowboys of the NHL. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think obviously you could say that, you know, I mean, you thought Toronto went crazy when the Raps won it. I mean, could you imagine what that city would do if the Leafs won it for the first time in 53, maybe by the time we get to 2021, 20, 54 years? And if Thornton played a role in that, he would... I, I don't. He's not going to be remembered as a Maple Leaf, but they will treat him like he'll be remembered as a Maple Leaf for sure. Also, he's Canadian royalty. Love the move for him to pull out wearing number ninety-seven. I think that's yeah. hysterical. Yeah, pretty um, funny. Appar- apparently, Spezza offered him nineteen, and he said no, so he took ninety-seven. So a little. I like that. I don't know if that's a shot at Mister um, ninety-seven, Connor McDavid, or a little you know tribute to him. But I think it's hysterical. It is. Funny. I saw someone. Uh, I saw someone tweet and say, just buy the jersey, and then when Connor eventually comes here inevitably, just block out the nameplate. And I was like, well, there's a, there's a Leafs fan for you. Wow. That would be uh, the most Leafs thing ever, was to like wait until McDavid is like Thornton's age and then sign him. Yeah, exactly. No, I know this is a, this is a big uh, signing, but I Harrison, I, I think there's a bigger signing that, that happened. Uh, I mean – you got to be just absolutely thrilled about this one. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you take this one. <laughs> Fuck off, man. <laughs> the Pittsburgh Penguins have signed Cody Cece to a one-year $1.25 million deal. And that's, that, that's the tweet. That's it. 
Did you see the video? I forget who put this out. It, it may have been NHL discussion or hockey collective, one of those pages. And it just said, Cody CC is good. And it was a picture of him taking a point shot. And like the shot just literally goes straight into the corner. Yeah, that sounds about right. I really want a Twitter meme where it start where it's a, the one where it says like how it started and it's Jack Johnson. It says yeah. how it's going and it's Cody CC because that's really how I feel right now in a that's, nutshell. That's incredible. Um, I think Rutherford's losing his mind. I've been very hard on him. I'll continue to be hard on him. So, uh, yeah, a huge signing for uh, the Penguins. So, good to have Cody CC on board. <laughs> Tyson Jost re-ups in Colorado for one year, 874000 Adam Gaudet re-ups in Vancouver, one year, 950000 Brendan Gallagher got a nice juicy extension with the Habs, uh, six years at 6.5 mil per. I think that's a pretty fair deal if we're being honest here. I think he brings a lot of grit and tenacity to that lineup, and he's a, Did you, a leader um, on the team. Did you see the, the burger van <laughs> getting like choked up when he was talking about him? Yeah. Yeah, he loves yeah. him. He's a honey yeah. badger. Yeah, seriously. I, I I mean, I would love to have Brendan Gallagher on my team. I love the way oh, he plays. Oh, same. Yeah. Uh, Evgeny Dadanoff signs with Ottawa. Three years, five mil per. Not a bad signing. I think we all are aware that Ottawa has to spend some money to, to hit that cap floor because they have a really bad owner who apparently says that they're going to be a Stanley Cup contender in the next three to five years. LOL. <laughs> Yeah. I can't believe I can't believe that, but not with Matt Murray as your goalie. Hate to break it to you. Um, and the final signing is Alex Gorgiev, two-year bridge deal with the New York Rangers, two point four AAV. Seems about right. It's about on par with what we all thought. So, I, if I had to pick one out of all of those that would be my favorite, I honestly think the Dadnov one is great. I mean, he had twenty-five for Florida last year, so I mean, that's exactly what Ottawa needs right now is depth scoring. So, good for them. Yeah, I think the Tyson Jost uh, re-up is you know expected, but I think he's got a a little more to show than what we've seen so far. He's a pretty solid player. I'm curious to see how he does with. Do you remember the... how good he was when he was at North Dakota? Yeah, he was nasty. Unbelievable. Well, he's he's going to get a really good chance to get some looks this year because Colorado is the favorite to win the Stanley Cup according to the Again. Um, odds books prior to the season. So we'll get into all of that you know, at a later time. And the next big storyline, not exactly a signing, but lack thereof. Uh, there seems to be a lot of drama in Chicago. Uh, the Blackhawks have made quite a bit of moves this offseason, and one of which in particular who kind of pissed off the core uh, players on the team, the Corey Crawford deal. Apparently the stars of the Chicago Blackhawks are a little upset with the direction of the team, and they were not pleased when they were not consulted with the Crawford deal. Uh, so I don't. I think it's less about the deal itself, but more so the fact that they were completely caught blindsided when this went down. So Bowman kind of just pulled the trigger without evaluating anything with them first. And funny enough, and hear me out, you don't release this statement unless there's some animosity in the fan base, if you will. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks issued a public statement today via Twitter that was about four paragraphs. But the key takeaway is that the first sentence in the second paragraph was they are, quote, Committed to developing young players and rebuilding our roster, end quote. What are your guys' thoughts on what's going on in Chicago right now? It sounds like uh, we've got a couple sound bites from Taves where he seems a little uneasy. What do you all think? So it's definitely interesting. Um, I think it would be really interesting, too, to see if, if they start to move some of the, the veterans in that lineup like Keith. Um, for Taze and Kane, I mean, that's a really weird spot to be in for, for those two guys, because they're not like, they're not so old that, that it's, you know, time to retire. I mean, they're, they're totally like still productive, still valuable players, but you know, with the rebuild, it, it does beg the question, like, are they, the, the Hawks plan to keep them around at least and, and have them be a part of that? Or are they looking to use them as tools to help them rebuild. I made a couple of analogies last week. I've got one more for you guys. This feels like Taze and Kane just on the Hawks as the Hawks announce that they're rebuilding kind of feels like, okay, you've got two dogs. They've been your dogs for like your whole life, like maybe 10, 15 years. And you're on the phone with somebody and right in front of your dogs. And you're like, yeah, so I'm moving to an apartment that's uh, no pets allowed. And your dogs are just like, <laughs> what 
and then you hang up the phone and then you're like oh yeah by the way i have something to tell you guys jesus you've been killing it with the analogies it's like you you hear your parents like talking about something in front of you and then like you catch them and they're like oh by the way you heard it here first hot take coming in get ready Patrick Kane goes home at the trade deadline to Buffalo. Oh my God! Are you kidding me? That's Whoa, a dude, I'm calling I it now. Love that prediction. I love that. I mean, that's a that's a scorching hot take. Are you serious, Nick? Are you just the, saying that? The, hear me out. The Sabers are going to be on the cusp of making the playoffs near the trade deadline, and Ralph Kruger is going to go to his GM. And say, look, here's what I need. I need to go get this guy to, you know, boost scoring. I don't know, whatever. Jeff Skinner's a bum. We need to get rid of him. <laughs> How the hell are they going to? I mean, they're going to have to give up an arm and a leg. They're going to give up something. But I don't they, know if they have an arm and a leg. They bring the boy home and he makes the playoffs with them. How much Holy is left shit. on Kane's deal? Anybody know? I couldn't uh, tell you. Long time. But I think it's worth noting that right now Patrick Kane is 31 years old. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taves is 32 years old, and Duncan Keith is 37. I think a much more realistic I, – I mean, as much as I would love Patrick Kane to get traded and go to Buffalo, that would be a great storyline. I love Buffalo sports. I think they deserve the world. I think something more realistic is Keith is probably going to get moved. Yeah. And I think he's going to end up going to a contender who needs a little little help on the back end. Call, I like. I think that he could end up like you know how like Bogosian went to the Bolts. I see something very similar with Duncan Keith. Yep. Uh, yeah, I could see that. I, I he'd be a great. Call me crazy. He'd be a great fit in like Washington or Pittsburgh if salary were or, able to. Or Boston. Yeah, I could see that too. Or Philly. Yeah. I could, well, Philly's always going to be in that conversation. Or New York. Right? Yeah. So Yikes. Kane and Taves deal goes through the end of the. 2023 season okay. so there'll be ufas in the 2023 2024 season so they still got three years left that they will hang around you know what i didn't realize they were they were that young i thought they were like closer to their mid-30s but you know what i i i think at this point they will probably remain a part of that lineup and part of the rebuild in, unless they start to slow down and, and show the organization otherwise right that they're not um, not producing like they need to be. A bunch, you know, the thing is with this like whole thing with them speaking out and especially with Taves speaking out like a guy that you really don't hear from that often, not a guy that goes to the media and says sort of, you know, uh, controversial stuff like this. A, a lot of people's reaction was like, you know, why are you criticizing your GM's moves? I was like, you know, this would be one one thing if, uh I don't know. Let's say like uh, William Carlson uh, on the Vegas Golden Knights was criticizing the, um, you know, like Kelly McCrimmon, who I think is the G or uh, McPhee was criticizing McPhee's moves. Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane won you three Stanley Cups in the span of six years, no less. So I think they have every right to sort of speak up and, you know, speak their their mind here. I mean, I mean, us as you know, 20 something year olds in recency bias, the Blackhawks have been a, a great team for the last, like what, 10, 12 years, something like that. Yeah. Wasn't but, always like that though. No, it wasn't always like that. I mean, when we were kids, the Blackhawks were horrible. It's very similar to, you know, our, you know, our dads with the whole red wings versus dead wings type thing. So Eric Daze was their star player before ex- that. Not ex- saying same, much. same with Robert Lang, but yeah. you know, it's like, you know, that doesn't do you much so and the organization yeah, I, was fucked from the top down for so long oh, too I so mean, bad they were they were one of the biggest like i don't want to say jokes or laughing stocks i'm not sure that's the exact right words but they yeah i mean the way we talk about how no, Melvin they, were, is the worst. they were up there with yeah, yeah they, they were just they were known up there as with like the... the worst organization like the worst management and everything until what's his yeah, name throw died. them in with like the yeah, throw them in with like the Knicks, Mets, Jets, Orioles, Redskins, like or sorry, Washington football team. But like seriously, I mean they were they were up there with the worst of them. And not only that, when you're an original six team, you can't it can't be like that because you look at the the you know the teams that they're compared to when you're looking at the original six and how much success they've had historically since the dawn of time, pretty much. Uh, you can't go back to that phase. So, Nick, that is a uh, 
a wildly hot take, and if you get that right, I think you should officially be signed by TSN. Sounds good, so I'm going to hold you to that one. You basically just cucked Friedman out of a job, so congratulations. <laughs> Uh, moving on. So the Ottawa Senators GM Eugene Melnick said that we will be a Stanley Cup winner within four years. I think I had mentioned that earlier when I was bashing the Dadanoff signing along with Matt Murray. Uh, I don't even think I really need to ask this question, but what are your guys' thoughts? I mean, obviously, you guys kind of know where I stand. doesn't make any sense for him to say that. I mean, first of all, what, Murray just signed for, what was it, four years? Yeah. Okay, so think about it this way. They're not going to be a cup winner this year. So there goes this first first year of Murray's contract. They're definitely not going to be one the year after that. Like, there's no way they win it in the next two years. So he's really saying that, like, just in the tail end of Murray's, like, contract, they're going to be able to pull it through. Like, I just don't understand the basis for that statement. It seems completely out of left field. Like, he's just trying to you know, get some attention for making a couple decent deals and bringing a couple, like, household names into the lineup, which is like, yeah, good for you, nice job, but, like, you guys still kind of suck. Yeah, I agree. What, do you guys remember when I sent you this uh, in the group chat, what I said? I just said, ha, like, it's just <laughs> not going to happen. So, no. you know, I understand I know what how... he's like. I understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to say to this fan base, he's like trying to be the AED to this fan base that's literally going through cardiac arrest right now and trying to jolt them back to life because, I mean, they've been anemic, for lack of a better term, for the last two or three years, uh, basically ever since Chris Kunitz destroyed Chris Kunitz their ended life. Their, yeah. they, he ended the team. There's not... Uh, I think Craig Anderson's the only person left from that team. I'm not sure if Shabbat was on the team yet. I he think was not. Every, I think everybody's gone. Yeah. I think Shabbat was in high school when that happened. Kachuk <laughs> wasn't on the team either. Yeah, exactly. Kachuk wasn't on the team. I'm pretty sure there's nobody left. Well, and they yeah. had Carlson too. Like, yeah, it's just exactly. a completely so. different team. And also, there's no way Melnick even believes that he de- like Nick says. I know no, he's you're trying just to do. like it's a PR stunt. Yeah, and he's trying to you know he's trying to speak it into existence. He's trying to encourage his team and encourage the fans and and try to let them know that he has confidence in them. But I think we can all see through it. There's no way he thinks they're gonna fucking win the cup in four years. Yeah, I think we've kind of. Beating down the Senators a little, a little too much here. So if he, uh, if he had said made the playoffs in four years, I would have been like, okay, like good, you've got like a very positive outlook on this. We've seen faster rebuilds than that in the past. So I mean, hey, good for you. But win the cup in four years? No, sorry. Next. Even if he said cup contender, I'd be like, okay, cool, like nice, nice yeah. outlook. But don't, no way. Yeah, winner, no. Yeah, I mean they have some decent young pieces in place especially after the draft they just had i thought they did a pretty good job and they got two two uh picks in the out of the first five so it's definitely there i just for some reason can't envision in my brain the senators taking it to the next level so i'm gonna kindly disagree with mr melnick and now we are going to move on to the trades that have occurred since the end of the stanley cup finals we were trying to get this done last episode but we ran a little long uh, so we are going to wow. Uh, hold up, breaking breaking news to me. I guess this isn't to anybody else. The L.A. Kings acquired Olimata. Yeah. Oh my God. For it, the L.A. Kings got Olimata from Chicago in exchange for Brad Morrison. I don't know who that is. Do you know who that is? I know Brendan Morrison from his one year in Washington, <laughs> well, but don't that's forget about it. Sean Morrison as well, but yeah, I hate I to actually, lead off. The... I have Sean Morrison's autograph on my wall. Actually, sounds about right. Do you really? Yeah, I hate to lead off this segment with Olimata, but that is just catastrophic. I mean, uh, how is he in the league? <laughs> like he stinks. He's worse. I'd rather have Cody Cece than him. I'd rather have Jack Johnson than him. I'm not. No, kidding. you He's... wouldn't. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm look at my face. Dead serious. He's the worst defenseman in the NHL, and it's not even close. He sucks. You would rather have Oli. You would rather have Jack Johnson than Oli Mata after the no. playoffs that Oli Mata just had. Yeah, 
He had like two huge games where he scored like what, like a couple goals at least. Did you see McDavid's goal? He was standing still. He sucks. <laughs> He'll be on seven different teams in the next seven years. You'll never. He's a suitcase from here on out. That's for he's sure. lucky he was on a. A dynamite team for three I, years. I agree with that, that he'll be a suitcase, but... I he mean, stinks. I really don't like him. Hey, welcome Anyways, to LA. Right. I mean, maybe I should take him out for a drink or something, show him around. Although, there you I go. Guess it's, yeah, it's, tell him to listen to the podcast. He'll really like if, it. If you, get, like, if you bump into him and get a picture with him, please send it to me, and we'll have it like blown up <laughs> to like an 8 by 5 frame, and we'll send it to Harrison. <laughs> Damn. I'll frame it. All righty. Uh, apologize if you guys hear the siren in the background. Welcome to Baltimore City. Um, so, to, to lead off with trades, Vancouver Canucks acquire defenseman Nate Schmidt from Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for a 2022 third-round draft pick. As we all know, the Knights signed Alex Petrangelo to a monster deal, and this was obviously a move to clear some cap space in order to acquire the big fish of free agency. Uh, I mean, you know, Nate's press conference, he seemed like he... I wouldn't say sad, but he definitely felt like he had started a a new in Vegas, especially since he was a part of the expansion team from the start. From the start, so sucks to see a good guy leave, but um, it'll be good for Vancouver to have him, especially since they lost Tanev in the off season. So um, good for Nate. I even though he's a former cap, I I like him. Yeah, this is. Oh, go ahead, Mac. I was just gonna say, speaking of former caps, there's couple of them over there now it's kind of cool they got holpy schmidt and uh beagle over there so um might be nice little reunion i'm sure he's at least friendly enough with those two guys but I, yeah vancouver all of a sudden is uh coming out of the woodwork here with a couple of uh nice deals and we know they were a strong team before any of that too so i i like i like what vancouver has done in the offseason so far i think giving up a third rounder in 2022 for a defenseman like Nate Schmidt. I mean, by 2022, he could be a top two defenseman. I mean, this is a steal if you're Vancouver. I mean, you completely fleece the Golden Knights. Harry, last episode, you and I both said how this is going to come back to bite Vegas in the ass. Sinking money into Petrangelo and giving up a young, puck-moving, and smooth-skating defenseman like Nate Schmidt. I was not a fan of the move. When you've already got a guy like Shea Theodore, it seemed a little bit redundant to me, but... Uh, Vegas, like we've talked about, is in that win-now mentality. Uh, and by the way, if you guys haven't noticed, they are in big salary cap trouble for the next couple of years. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. They're Vegas fans. Um, you know, this is going to be a big baptism by fire for you guys. Uh, you pushed all your eggs into a basket right away. And uh, I cannot wait until... Um, your chickens come home to roost. So, uh, I, I really, I really do think. I, I mean, I mean this seriously. I do think they'll win a Stanley Cup in the next two years. I, I, I think, I, I think they have a great chance to. But I, I, this, I think, this move, I think, is really going to come back to hurt them. I think you a thousand percent need that solidified number one D man that you know is your horse. We saw it with Victor Hedman. We saw it with Petrangelo the year before that. We saw it with John Carlson the year before that. So it's a, it, it's proven that you absolutely need that number one stud defenseman. They don't come along that often, and they're hard as shit to draft, especially when you're a good team. So I, I think long term, aka past the next three seasons, it's probably not the smartest move, especially since he's already thirty. But I understand why they did it, and I think it was smart for what they're trying to achieve. My question to you guys is, with this deal, do you think there's some point down the road, like we're talking like four years, maybe five years down the road, do you think Nate Schmidt could blossom into a number one defenseman for the Vancouver Canucks, or is that too large of a ceiling for him to reach? Nah, I think that's a little too large, especially when you're playing with a guy, Quinn Hughes. Uh, okay. I'm pretty sure he'll be the number one based on what we've seen. Nate Schmidt's a solid defenseman, though. I'm trying to think... I think like my, my logic is thinking that Schmidt might be a little bit ahead of Hughes in terms of you know experience and development. I like a, yeah. Quinn Hughes is an unbelievable talent. I don't think there's any disputing that, especially with the rookie season that he had. But in terms of you know, it, typically it does take defensemen a little bit longer to develop. I mean, we saw it with Victor Edman. We certainly saw it in Washington with John Carlson. Uh, I'm sure the Penguins saw it with Chris Letang, but. 
Uh, I was just curious if you guys thought that down the road he could be a number one defenseman somewhere. I feel like my gut reaction is no, because he is 29. But like you said, sometimes it does take a little longer, and sometimes it just takes the right change of scenery. I mean, this is only his third different team. Who knows? Maybe in Vancouver he just feels more comfortable for whatever reason, and maybe that has something to do with already knowing a couple guys over there from the Caps too. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, Schmidt over there and uh, in Vancouver. Kind of, kind of a poor man's Ryan Suter, in my opinion. Kind of reminds me of that. Now, even though a lot, I mean, much Ryan's, better skater though. Much better skater. Agreed. Maybe not as good defensively, but as far as he can be that number two guy, right? Because when he signed the big deal with Minnesota, they haven't done shit since that's happened, and he's not even the number one anymore. So we know how that goes. But when he was in Nashville with Shea Weber, he was a great number two guy. So that's kind of kind of how I envision him developing over in Vancouver. Um, let's try and run through these a little quicker. So Colorado Avalanche acquired defenseman Devon Taves from the New York Islanders in exchange for a 2021 second rounder and a 2022 second rounder. That's a I don't even know how Josiah Kick pulls the shit out of his ass anymore, but Josiah is emerging as one of the league's best general managers. And we were just talking about Nate Schmidt. Devon Taves reminds me a lot of Nate Schmidt. Great puck moving defenseman, fast as shit out of his own end. Perfect first pass 90% of the time. Can eat pucks if he needs to. Always gets it through on net. Great at tipping. And as we saw with the Islanders this year, provided a decent amount of scoring that I don't think a lot of us thought he was going to do. So kudos to him. I know a lot of people were angry at him um, about the the subsequent trade that we'll get to in a little bit. But I think he perfectly filled the role uh, with bringing Devon Taves to Colorado. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, moving on to the next trade, the Colorado Avalanche have acquired Brandon Saad for defenseman Dennis Gilbert from the Chicago Blackhawks. Wait, no, I read. I apologize, folks. Read that wrong. Colorado Avalanche acquired Brandon Saad and defenseman Dennis Gilbert from the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for Nikita Zadorov and Anton Lindholm. Uh, for those of you who forgot, you basically traded uh, Artemi Panarin for Brandon Saad. So you basically just traded. Artemi Panarin for Nikita Zadorov. Congratulations. And that's why there's an uproar in Chicago. Yeah. This, when I saw this, like, and this is the one I was referencing a couple minutes ago. This is, like, when you see this come over the wire, you're like, really? Like a standout, huge body, you know, guy, you know, defenseman that can contribute offensively like Zadorov, and you're going to flip him for a guy that went to Columbus and came back in Chicago and Brandon Saad, who's, you know, I guess in Colorado, I'd have to say would be bottom six at this point because of all the forward depth that they have. Yeah, he's kind of struggled in, in recent years. And he hasn't been, you know, he had like, I mean, call me crazy, he had two good seasons with them, and it was with that last cup that they won in, what, 2015 in the shortened year? Yeah. So I think a lot of people were up in arms, but basically you find a way to shed because you know you're going to have to pay a bunch of your players soon if you're Colorado. There's a lot of guys that are sort of going to, you know, come up in contract talks in the next couple of years. And there's not just guys that are playing now, that they're guys they've already drafted. You know, Kale McCarr is going to have to be paid at some point, and that's going to be huge. Bowen Byram, that's another one that you're really, really going to have to pay that kid because I think he's going to be a standout defenseman in the NHL. But, you know, you shed Zadorov's, you know, potential, you know, huge contract. You bring in a guy like Saad to give you a little bit of forward depth, and you basically replace Zadorov with Devon Taves. I think Joe Sackick's doing an absolutely incredible job right now. Yeah, I think it's a smart move. It was one of those initially where you were like, huh, this doesn't totally add up. But the more you kind of analyze this trade, I can I can sort of see the argument on both sides. Like you said, makes sense shedding some, some money for – um for colorado but also obviously you know no one understands why they traded panera and that was kind of a crap move but at this point i think i'd much rather have zadorov than than sad if you're the blackhawks especially if they are trying to rebuild i mean zadorov i think is like 25 or something like that he's still definitely got some growing potential i don't think he's done developing quite yet um and like you said, he's a big rig defender that's reliable. He's proved to be reliable over the last couple of years. Um, so I get it. I, I, I think, you know, the more you analyze it, it actually does make sense to me. 
Fun fact, Brandon Saad is only 27 years old. Is he really? He's a year older than I am? Jesus. Uh, he, yeah, and he's he's been around for a while. It feels like he's been around a lot longer because of how many playoff games he's played. But um, when you type in Brandon Saad's name, the first article that comes up is published by The Windy City. And the headline is, The Chicago Blackhawks Have Lost Three Brandon Saad Trades. So, oh my God! I mean, you think about it; they really have. Uh, just one note before we move on to the next thing: if you're Colorado and you're thinking, "Why did we ever give up Zadorov?" Here's something to make you feel better. Right now, your defensive pairings look like this: Ryan Graves and Kale McCarr. That's the fifth best first defense pairing out there, according to Daily Faceoff. Sam Gerrard and Eric Johnson. That's the fifth best second defense pairing out there, according to Daily Faceoff. And Devon Taves and Ian Cole, that's the second best third defense pairing out there, according to Daily Faceoff. So, I mean, you're sitting pretty right now. I think they even got better and deeper uh, this offseason. So definitely a team to look out for. I mean, Harry, you already said that they're the cup favorites going into the year. So, uh, you know, I don't hate that pick at all. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, moving on to the next trade, the Jersey Devils acquire forward Andres Johansson from... Toronto in exchange for Joey Anderson. Uh, I like that trade for the Devils, former 20-goal scorer and Janssen. Good two-way game, so uh, not much more for me to analyze there, honestly. No, good pickup for them. but uh, The Ottawa Senators acquire forward Austin Watson from the Nashville Predators in exchange for a 2021 fourth-round pick. That's definitely going to get Melnick his cup that he's promising. Um <laughs> Winnipeg acquired Paul Stastny from the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for defenseman Carl Dahlstrom and a 2022 conditional fourth-round pick. This was another move by the Knights to shed some salary in order to get the Petrangelo deal done. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, isn't this Stastny's second stint in Winnipeg? I was just going to say that, face, yeah. like, Mac, your face describes my entire reaction to this deal. Yeah, I was just thinking that exact same thing. I was like, hold up, haven't we seen Stastny? Didn't he just take a little, like, he just went, like, to study abroad, basically, in Vegas, and then, like, come back? Yes. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, an, you are the analogy king. That's incredible. Uh, do you remember that Western Conference final? One of, one of the best in recent memory that was Jets Knights. I think Stastny was still on the Jets when that oh, happened. Yeah. Okay. He was still on the Jets. Yeah. yeah you're right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And and yeah, then final my oh, reaction exactly. And then we have the New Jersey Devils acquire defenseman Ryan Murray from the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for a 2021 fifth rounder. Depth defenseman, nothing really more for me to Young add on guy there. too. I mean, you know. He had a lot of promise coming into the league. I just don't think he's lived up to what I mean, he had some pretty high praise. Yeah, I mean, seriously, and, you know, they, they have some they have some big names on the back end. You know, Will Butcher, another guy that had some high praise coming out of college. Uh, he was at Denver with uh, Troy Terry. I think they won at least one. I like national- his game. Yeah, they won one national Solid. championship, I think maybe two. Uh, their top six, this is funny, Mac, you'll appreciate this. Will Butcher and P.K. Subban are their first. That's, you know, Subban's a little bit of a yikes there. Ryan Murray and Damon Severson are their second, and then Ty Smith and Connor Carrick. I did not realize that Connor Carrick was in New Jersey, but uh, wow. yeah, I mean, definitely an area that they needed to address. So interesting, yeah, yeah, good for you. <laughs> uh, Florida Panthers acquired defenseman Marcus. Help me, Nick Nunavara. Nun- yeah, uh, from the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for Cliff Pooh. <laughs> wow uh national predators acquire forward luke coonan i just 20- wanted to hear you say cliff poo that's why yeah i, yeah, I really emphasize really emphasize the poo. um national predators acquire luke coonan a 2020 draft pick uh from the wild in exchange for forward nick benino and a 2020 draft pick uh picks those were the number 37 and number 70 uh, Billy Garen getting getting a little the band back together up in Minnesota. So um, I don't really I think Benino's career is kind of done. I hate to say that one of my all time favorite pens, but um, good for him going up north. I and mean, getting in the the guy still lives rent free in every Capitals fan's brain. So it says enough about him. Right <laughs> I uh, uh, I mean, isn't that what you're supposed to do though? Like when your career dies and has nowhere to go, you go play for the Wild. Pretty much. Yeah. 
Or you just were Mika Cueva when it died 15 years ago and they get rid of you after they realize it. Like, I'm I'm looking at their forward core on daily faceoff right now and it's very underwhelming. Do you know who their number one center is right now? Zook? Or no, he's no. a winger, is he? I don't even, I, I honestly, I don't even know. Marcus Johansson. Jesus oh, Christ. that's right. I forgot that. God. Yeah, they just make the weirdest signings year. where it's like, this guy was good for a little while and now he has no idea where to go. We'll take him. <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking at this roster right now, like especially their forward core. And it looks like what you're like when you get like your franchise team to like have that like third season in NHL <laughs> and they're like really good. It looks like what your AHL team looks like. Oh my God. Yeah. Or I feel like it's another good analogy here, but I feel like it's the wild have slowly turned into like that family that just is too like loving for animals. And they just take in like all the stray dogs and all the stray cats. And at a certain point you're just like, Hey guys, wow. you gotta, you guys gotta cool it over there. Like, Something with you and animal analogies is really just. Yeah, you I just don't know. Like, okay, like at, dogs, at what point, but... like, do you guys just own a farm? But that's right. like what's going on right now. And like, they're like, oh, look at the one we just got. Isn't he so cute? And you're like, Jesus Christ, where'd you find that one? Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the wild are dumpster fire. Watch them make the playoffs now that we're ragging on them. Uh, and now for some bigger trades, we kind of already went into these in the previous episode when the extensions occurred. So, uh, you know, if we sound like we're repeating ourselves, bear with us. But uh, the Senators acquired Matt Murray from the Pens in exchange for forward Jonathan Gruden in a 2020 second round pick. The Penguins actually drafted a goaltender with that second round pick. We all knew this was coming. You know, we, we talked about Ottawa extending Matt Murray already. So I don't really think there's too much more to talk about there. Nope. Um. The Columbus Blue Jackets acquire forward Max Domi at a 2023rd round pick from Montreal in exchange for Josh Anderson. Uh, as we know, Anderson got that juicy extension in Montreal. I don't know if did Domi get anything in Columbus? Uh, not yet, to my knowledge, but I think hands down Montreal wins this trade. Yeah, I mean, Domi had one good year, what was it, in Arizona, I believe, um, but hasn't really gotten a whole lot of production since that season, so. Um, yeah, I would agree with you, Nick. I think I think the Canadians got the kind of player that they wanted in Anderson, and he's a proven commodity, so uh, good for the Habs. Yeah, I think definitely a W for Montreal on this trade, but I, I like the move for both teams in, in some ways. I think it'll be a good fit for Domi, kind of a scrappy guy to be in the lineup with CBJ. Yeah, we all know Torts loves scrappy, so that could be a, a marriage made to be. I also love um, the fact that Ty is going to have to root for the Habs after playing for the Leafs. Yeah. <laughs> or no, sorry. No, well, I, I but, loved that in the past. Like the, yeah, all my the brain videos got that, that Max would do with like Ty wearing a Habs jersey with Domi yeah. on the back is just incredible. Yeah, it's a little, a little ironic there. Um, for those of you who don't know, you should probably go – YouTube Ty Domi highlights, and I promise you it'll be and solid I, I 30 know minutes. the first one that pops up is him going into the stands in the game against Philadelphia. Yeah, he beats the shit out of the fan. Yeah, um, definitely got to check that out if you haven't already. Uh, the San Jose Sharks acquire goaltender Devin Dubnik in the 2027th round pick from the Wild in exchange for a 2022 fifth round pick. Why? Pretty sure we had mentioned this on the last one. Yeah, this is a big why again. Minnesota why. making a dumpster deal. They heard Harrison just rag on their goaltender so much that they said, okay, we can't start Martin Jones anymore because this kid's going to kill us. We have to go get Devin Dubnik yeah, to come in here and start. They're still a mess. Yeah, I Mac, mean, what? I'll... They've got Stay... – is it Staylock and, and Jones and Dubnik Stay now yeah. in, the, in the system? Like, what Didn't the they have – what is it? Aaron Dell, yeah, Alex Dell? Aaron Dell. Can, yeah. It's yeah. just a whole bunch of guys that are like, oh, man, just a big question mark in that. Like, you never know what you're going to get on a nightly basis from any of those dudes. Yeah, I, I, Mac, I'm pretty sure you've heard this on episodes prior to uh, you coming on, but I very, very regularly compared Martin Jones to a hot dog shit on a cold winter lawn. <laughs> and that is exactly what oh. I, that is exactly how I feel about this trade. So, um, you know, moving on to another trade that occurred between these two teams. The Sharks acquire Ryan Donato from Minnesota in exchange for a 2021 third-round pick. We've seen flashes from Donato where he can 
kind of turn it up and be a solid second line, possibly maybe he's a little bit of a reach first line player. He's got a lot of skill. I actually think this was one of the more underrated moves of this, you know, off season, if you will, yeah. if you can even call it that at this point. Yeah, I, you know, like you said, you know, we've seen great things from Donato. I mean, his first couple games when he was in Boston, you know, he was electric. I'm pretty sure he scored a goal in his first game and uh, even in Minnesota, he was. Yeah, exactly. You there. know, he was pretty good for them. So I think this is a good depth move for San Jose. It's just something that they've sort of been lacking uh, for the last couple of years. And certainly this past season when they, you know, uh, just basically their game went to hell. So good for them. You all right? Yeah, I'd almost died. Uh, I was like, look like you're about to throw up. <laughs> no. <like>, shit. <laughs> we ain't cutting that. He was about to puke um, because and, of the, the final trade that we already talked about, but that you're about to mention. That was that or between the analogy of like dog crap on a hot, you know, <laughs> or like on a cold winter day with steam coming off of yeah, it. It's, it's like, helping. Jesus, like the, yeah, the vibrant imagery here is just phenomenal, boys. So keep That's it up. That- it's that time of year. Yeah. Um, and I already talked about the Kings acquiring uh, Olimata. We don't really need to talk about it anymore. I'm just seeing his name on a screen. Kind of makes my heart rate elevate. What, um, so that pretty... what jersey size are you again? Because I think <laughs> Mac and I are going to send you a present. Extra small. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, jer- jersey size, not... Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Extra yeah. small. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shut up, Nick. <laughs> I don't want. It, it, don't even. It's gonna go out the window or in the trash can. They got a little trap. They got a little donation center down the street, like you know, for like clothes and stuff. It's gonna go right to that. Whatever kid gets that, I am so sorry. Like man, Baltimore man sets house on fire by lighting Jersey on fire in trash can. Yeah, I mean, there's been worse headlines in Florida, so why can't I make the statement <laughs> right. for Maryland? Um, that pretty much wraps it up for all the trades around the league and all the signings and stuff. So thanks for bearing with us. If you're still hanging with us. Um, had to get through that. So what's coming up next? Uh, we've been talking about what we want to do for the off-season episodes, and I think one thing we've established is uh, we have a lot of buddies slash contacts slash fans that are diehards of certain teams. So what we think would be a good idea is, you know, bring on a couple diehards to talk about their specific favorite team um, throughout a couple of the off-season episodes so i believe next week we will be doing the new york rangers not going to reveal our guest just yet i think it'll be a popular one probably a lot of listens if i had to guess <laughs> um but we will be covering the rangers next episode and their off-season moves and what the outlook looks like for next season and how they're feeling about uh king hank in dc so stay tuned for that i promise you you won't want to miss the next episode coming next week and as always should check out our website. Mentioned at the start, going to mention it now. Uh, we're going to give all our thoughts and opinions on live news on the website through the blogs. So you can also find our merch shop, and you can also access the podcast episodes from there. Please go check it out, www.emptybetters.com. Anything else you guys got to add? Just like, I mean, you know, like you said, like we're going to have some of our friends that are, you know, intense fans of certain teams come on. And if you think you're one of those, reach out to us. If you want to come on and, yeah. you know, talk about your team and, you know, speak about how you think their offseason went or, you know, what their outlook is for the next year or two, um, shoot us a message on Instagram, on the website, on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever. Let us know. We'd love to interact with you guys some more. And, uh, yeah, I think that's all I have uh, right now. For sure. And just, Great just to echo that, I mean, obviously we do uh, talk a lot about the Caps and about the Penguins and kind of focus on some of those Metro teams that are a little more close geographically, but um, we love to talk about all the teams in the NHL. So yeah, even if you're all the way out West where I am and you're, you're a Kings fan, or if you're up in Alberta rooting for the Oilers, I'm sorry for you, but you can definitely come on the podcast <laughs> and talk about them and we'll be happy to discuss. So reach out if any oiler fan wants to come on and just like pack hammers and like talk about the (laughs) oilers all day i am so there for that so um thank you to anyone that's new that's listening by the way uh our our social media platform and our site traffic has grown a lot in the last couple of weeks so if you're a newcomer to the show we really do appreciate you uh tuning in yeah absolutely so uh I think that about does it for the fellas on this episode. We'll be back at you next week. And like I mentioned, we will be covering the New York Rangers. And you will not want to miss that one with our guest coming on. 
So, without further ado, class dismissed. Sleeping with that.